Hello there, and welcome to OnCloud Anime. We have a lovely selection for you today. First, one of our co-hosts will be telling you about two of the biggest names when referring to the big three, Bleach and One Piece. Hope you enjoy. I'm your host, Otaru, and today I'm going to be talking about the heavy hitters of this season, starting off with the release of Gear 5 in One Piece, which had normies and weebs alike come together to actually enjoy anime together without being at each other's throats. In fact, with how crazy Gear 5 was being promoted, it had me spend a good amount of my summer just binging One Piece. I started my One Piece journey a long time ago, but finished just about two weeks before the release of Gear 5. My One Piece journey was definitely a special one because of the fact that One Piece is just such a long show in general that it was just amazing to have that feeling that I caught up, that I was like one of the special few getting to witness this thing live. Did I use the manga to cheat? I mean, yeah, but come on, let's be honest. Was anybody watching the anime after Dress Rosa? And if you were, then props to you because I honestly think you might be a little bit insane. Now, I want to get this out of the way now. I respect One Piece and I think that my One Piece journey was definitely a special one, but it was not one that's for me. And I know One Piece fans are going to crucify me like Don Flamingo in that one episode, but come on, you can't expect One Piece to be for everyone. I mean, sometimes the pacing was actually insane that it honestly created one of the worst watching experiences I've had with an anime. So I kind of switched to the manga. And don't take this as me hating the show, because like I said previously, I have respect for One Piece. And I'll give credit where credit's due, Gear 5 although a pain in my ass to catch up with, did break the internet, so I would say that my binge was worth it. And now I want my friends to look at me with even more insanity, knowing that I watched a majority of One Piece just to say that it's not even in my top 10. Okay, I'll go back to praising One Piece just so people don't hate me already. I mean, Gear 5 was pretty cool, I guess. But that's giving it a disservice considering how much thought was put into it. The Gear 5 episode was put together by people that are truly devoted to One Piece. Which is no surprise since Oda has had his workers devote their whole being to a fictional treasure and has even gone on to say that he'll take care of any worker's family in the case of a tragic event. Which, yeah, is really morbid, but also pretty cool. And that's the beauty of One Piece. Even if you're paid or not, this piece of fiction has connected so many people together due to its huge diversity. Honestly, I would say that One Piece has the best diversity in any piece of fiction that I've ever read or watched. Which is honestly kind of insane to think that it came from a Japanese man since a lot of Japan depended on being traditional. Like, I'm gonna be real with you. I did not expect to have such representation of different ethnicities and transpositivity in a story about pirates seeking treasure. But those are honestly just the examples of how One Piece is able to just connect so many people. With the diversity it has, there's more people to enjoy it. That's why when Gear 5 was announced, people were excited for it. In fact, during my One Piece binge, I was not doing it alone. In fact, my cousin was binging it alongside me. And he was even further back. I started at Timeskip, he was at Alabasta. 
but we both managed to make it in time, which just made that episode even more special. And if you thought that hype for One Piece died down after that, you would be wrong because the live action came out. Personally, I only watched three episodes, but I hear there's a lot more people interested in actually watching One Piece now, meaning that it's already the best live action to ever exist. So that's going for it too. And if you're one of those people that started watching One Piece from the live action, here's a personal recommendation from me. Read the manga. Do not bother watching the anime or trying to comprehend how absolutely dog shit the pacing is. For anyone that says how long One Piece is makes it more special, they're just coping and completely wrong. The manga for One Piece just makes the journey feel like a breeze. Especially if you were just trying to, you know, catch up to Gear 5. I mean, in my opinion, when it comes to Gear 5, I am... Um, hey, have y'all heard about Thousand Year Blood War from Bleach? Now to paint an image, imagine your father raising you and then out of nowhere disappearing, saying that he's going to get milk and just never comes back. All you can do is listen to the rumors wondering where he is, hoping that he'll come back. And then after disappearing for 13 years, comes back out of nowhere with the best milk ever and says, hey, we're going to Disneyland. That's what it felt like when Bleach Thousand Year Blood War got announced. Now, I didn't have to wait as long because I started Bleach as soon as the first trailer for Thousand Year Blood War dropped. So I don't know how fans were able to wait 13 years without any anime content. Because even waiting a simple month felt like a long time to me. I was dying of anticipation. Bleach was my introduction into the big three. And I remember when I first thought about tackling it, how nervous I was since it had such a large episode count. But I started in January of 2022 and finished in August. Call it bias, as Bleach is my first anime out of the big three, but I also enjoyed it the most, more than One Piece. Bleach may have a lot of filler, but if we exclude those, it's actually a really approachable anime compared to the rest of the big three, which is why I love it so much and would recommend it to any person who's starting anime and really only cares about shonen. Now, if you're on the fence on whether or not you should watch Bleach, all I'm saying is that Thousand Year Blood War had such high expectations and did not disappoint. From the very get-go, the first trailer was a hype train. In fact, it's the reason why I even started Bleach, because the trailer was just that freaking good. My biggest issue is that people aren't talking about it enough. With movie quality animation and direction by the actual creator Taite Kubo, Thousand Year Blood War has surpassed the high expectations of many. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, how do I know almost nothing of what's going on in Thousand Year Blood War if it's this good? Well, one, Bleach fans are actually really cool and don't like to spoil anything. But also, it has something to do with the fact that Disney bought the rights to Bleach, making them stream it on Hulu Weekly, which honestly kind of screwed over the promotion of Bleach. I remember when everybody was talking about Thousand Year Blood War and out of nowhere when the first episode dropped, no one was talking about it. Because let's be honest, do you actually use Hulu to watch anime? Clearly not a lot of people do because even shows such as Summertime Rendering, a show that was praised by many, did not get talked about at all because it was a Hulu exclusive show. I mean, it's honestly kind of disappointing considering Netflix can actually market their anime better than Hulu can. But it's also not Hulu's fault as Bleach is the most dropped anime of all time. And for a multitude of reasons, whether it's the filler that overstays its welcome or the boring slice of life shit that happens for 20 minutes in the beginning. 
In fact, I was nearly part of that group of people that dropped Bleach until my friend told me that I should continue going and just give it a shot. And after Soul Society, it just gets so much better. So if you're watching Bleach right now and you're close to finishing Soul Society, skip the filler. No one cares about the filler. Even the creator himself hates the filler. The only reason why it exists is because Bleach was catching up with the manga and they really needed time to stall, so they had to make it. Like, come on, no one's gonna look at you weird for saying, oh, I skipped the bounty arc. In fact, people might start looking at you insane if you told them that you watched the bounty arc. Now, I went a little more into this in a video that I'm making. It may already be out at the time of this episode dropping. I would appreciate if you watch it, but I'm going to move away from this topic and talk about the actual contents of Thousand Year Blood War. Potential spoilers ahead. You've been warned. Now, when you first start an anime, what's the first thing you see? The opening. Unless you're one of those people that skips them, in which case, please hand in your anime card. You're not a real fan. But both the openings for Bleach Thousand Year Blood War are amazing. Starting off with the first one titled Scar made by Tatsuya Kitani. The song is about Ichigo and how his character development has been throughout the entirety of the series. And while not my favorite song from Tatsuya Kitani, it's still an amazing song. You see, there are people that have this misconception that Ichigo doesn't grow as a character because he's just a silent badass, but that's not actually true at all. You see, Ichigo has grown a lot since the beginning of Bleach, and you can even see that now with Thousand Year Blood War, and you can kind of see how much people respect him, but Ichigo's also been through a lot. And seeing as he can still wear a smile of cockiness around strong enemies, that's just what makes Ichigo amazing and not completely two-dimensional. Now he wants to save all of his friends, but he also knows that it comes at a cost and doesn't even spare all of his enemies. In fact, there are times where he's just straight up murdered them. But the end of the first batch of Thousand Year Blood War demonstrates Ichigo's character development so well. And I'm not going to say anything because you should already be watching it. With that out of the way, let's talk about the second Thousand Year Blood War opening, which is Stars. And the concept of anime spoiling itself with its opening is nothing new. In fact, it's become memes at this point. But the fact that the Bleach opening manages to spoil the entire events of Bleach without making any sense whatsoever is insane. Now, I don't read the manga for Bleach, so I don't understand what's happening in the future episodes. But it's incredible that people in the comments say that Bleach genuinely spoiled a lot of things with a slice of life opening. And that genuinely confuses me. But holy shit, if I thought the first batch of Bleach was amazing, just wait till you get to the second batch. Like, there are two moments where I can think that this was like a 10 out of 10 episode. And if you're a real one who's watching Bleach, I'll give you a hint on which two episodes they are. Bankai and Meteor. And the fact that the batch is gonna end on a one hour special, like how could I not be excited for that? The hell? For me, Bleach was already pretty high up there before Thousand Year Blood War, but with these new seasons, it's just on another level. Now, I may not love it as much as, say, JoJo or like Love is War, but come on, it's pretty high up there. And with my final words of praise for Bleach, this is your totally unbiased co-host challenging you to catch up with Bleach before the final batch comes out. Goodbye.
definitely exciting to listen to. But if you still haven't had your daily fill of anime yet, then don't worry. Our next co-host is going to be talking about two animes that are of interesting qualities. Rent-A-Girlfriend and Devil is a Part-Timer. Hope you enjoy! I'm Moses. I am your host for this segment, I guess. Well, the fall anime season has blessed us with many new and returning shows. So far this season, we've gotten a season two for Devil's a Part-Timer and Jujutsu Kaisen. So, you guys will eventually get videos on those, probably for Jujutsu Kaisen first. I have not watched Devil's a Part-Timer in forever. I'm pretty sure a lot of you are not happy to hear this, and not happy at all, that Rent-A-Girlfriend has gotten another season. To you, I say... I don't care. I will enjoy my crappy anime. In peace. It's alright. Because Rent-A-Girlfriend has a special place in my heart, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you see. Yeah, uh, that, that was super weird and super creepy. But anyway, as much as I hate Kazuya, the stupid perverted piece of crap, the darn fan service, it has a charm like no other anime. It's kind of like Blend S in a way, like how much it makes you cringe. But it's also funny at times, depending on how bad your sense of humor is, which mine is completely terrible. Depending on what, like, site you use, if you use it on Crunchyroll, I'm pretty sure you get this, too, but I watch on Anywave. Not gonna say, go to them, but try and pay for your anime. But I enjoy the reading, the crappy comments about Rent-A-Girlfriend. Like, keep in mind, these are legitimate comments. They literally say, not funny. Cringe! It's bad, any of its genres. Oh my gosh. First off, those are opinions. Secondly, have you never watched the show? It's literally a cringe anime. It's like, why are you watching it if you don't like it and you already know it's cringe? It makes completely no sense. At all. It's like, oof. Like calling Dragon Ball Z episodes. Calling Dragon Ball Z fights. Too long. They say they take too long. And there's too much filler. You're talking about Naruto and you say there's too much filler, like, dude, that's kind of what they're known for. It's like, you're being a Captain Obvious right here. Don't watch an anime you don't like, and don't complain about an anime if you know that it's infamous for being cringe. Pretty off topic right now. But if you don't want to get spoiled for Rent a Girlfriend Season 3, first off, you should probably go watch it. Secondly, if you really hate Rent a Girlfriend, go ahead and watch the rest of this, because you probably won't watch it anyway. Yeah, if you will go and watch Rent a Girlfriend Season 3, Come on back and listen to the rest of the segment. But for those of you remaining who don't care, you've been warned. So we start off this season with Kazuya being Kazuya and wanting to please Chizuru. However, things go sour. Her grandma ain't doing too well. Granny is not doing good, okay? Obachan is not 100%. To fulfill Chizuru's promise to her late grandfather and also to get that resolution, Chizuru needs to be in a movie, in the big screen to make her grandma happy and to fulfill her promise to her grandfather. She pretty much has no chance. Last thing that she did for theater, it didn't flop, but she didn't get picked. She was very depressed about that, and Ozio was just like, hey, let me slide into the DMs. No, 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 no. Actually, he's more like, yeah, she's helped me quite a bit. I should help her as well. So, character development, yay! But so far this season, I love it. It's pretty good. Really good season. 
from what I've heard, it's like literally the best season and everything else is downhill from here. I may continue watching it. I may not because I don't want to have a letdown. But I've been watching for three seasons already, so I think I'm sadistic enough to keep on watching it. Yeah, Kazuya, character development, air quotes, Kazuya is still so. He's slowly growing a backbone, but he's still a so. He will fold. Yeah. He works himself tirelessly, becoming a movie producer, which he has no experience in. Only has experience in business, so. And somehow he pulled it off by being too much of a sim. <laughs> he somehow made it happen. And throughout the season, Ruka is being Ruka. And since he's making a movie with Chizuru-san, like, why did I say Chizuru-san? That's stupid. Am I an otaku or what? But he's too close to Chizuru. And Ruka being a jealous girlfriend, which, honestly, if you were a normal person, you can understand Ruka. She's pulling up all stops this season. She's trying to get with Kazi. She's trying to get into his DMs. Oh my gosh, that stuff from last season with forcefully staying the night and then trying to do something. She takes that to a whole nother level this season. And I'm not going to go too much into it since it's just an introductory episode to run a girlfriend season three. But you can't blame her. As much as people hate her, you can't blame the poor girl. A rental girlfriend is being chosen over her, which is his actual girlfriend. Ruka's his actual girlfriend. I just want to choke the crap out of Kazuya or just slap some sense into him. Thankfully, he is not a real character. He only exists in the fictional world. Well, with this new season, we also have a new contender. No, not a new contender for Kazuya, thank God. But we have a wing woman. <laughs> every good man and every simp needs a wingman. But anyway, I threw a bunch of plot points at you, and if you're not caught up with the anime, you probably noticed I left a few plot points out. Um, this was just an introduction, like I said earlier. It's not an analysis or a run-through. However, if you guys are actually interested in that for this cringe anime, let me know. Put down comments down there. But I believe that is all the time I have left. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Moses. Have a great day. Bye-bye. again another amazing segment from our co-host but if you just need a little bit more anime content then do not worry our final co-host me will be telling you about some animes that are coming up this fall what are they you'll just have to stick around to find out enjoy hello anime friends new and old i'm sky and i'll be your hokage on on cloud anime now we have a great show for you today since this is my first time being here, I wanted to simply let you guys know my style of talking and what to expect from most of my episodes. I will be talking about animes coming up. I'll be talking about old animes, maybe some that I've watched. I may play a couple games with you guys. We're just really going to have a fun time together. My whole shtick, I guess you could say, is that I don't want this to feel just like a podcast. I don't want it to be just me sitting here talking and you listening. I want it to feel like we're friends. I want it to feel like it's just you and me, two friends that have known each other for a while. So, today we're going to be talking about two pieces of anime that are going to be releasing later this year. So, sit back, grab some snacks, grab something to drink, preferably water, because I feel like you haven't drunken any water today. So, I'm going to need you to go do that now. 
The first anime I wanted to talk about that's coming up is one that leaves me perplexed and a little scared at the same time. The anime in question I'm referring to is the Suicide Squad Isekai. Now, there is no release date for this yet. However, there is a studio and people that have been confirmed involved. Now, the studio that is going to be producing this anime is Wit Studios. If you don't know Wit Studios, they're the same people that made Pokemon The Power of Us, Bubble, and Spy X Family. Now, that last one hits very big for me because I know Spy X Family very well and I know their animation. And because of that, that lets me know that the animation is going to look very beautiful. Now, I've already seen the trailers, not intensively, but I have seen clips of the trailer. And that lets me know that this is definitely going to be a interesting and fun looking show. So I cannot wait for that, honestly, at least the visual side of it. Next, we have the director. The person who's really going to be the one sort of taking us through this interesting adventure. The director for this isekai is Eri Osada. You may know him from works of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 and Jujutsu Kaisen. Those two definitely have a special place in my heart because I love Jujutsu Kaisen, especially with the second season that's out. That definitely shows that this show is going to be very action-packed and very entertaining, while also being also down-to-earth, just like Jojo Part 4 which is one of my favorite parts because of just how down to earth it is. Instead of it being this long journey as we cross countries and states just trying to find this evil person, the evil person is in our community and just walks around like the rest of us. And I find that fun. Next, we have the writers. The person, well, the writer. The person who's going to be basically giving us the words, the dialogue, and what the characters will be doing as they go through their story, which I will get to what the story is, or at least what I've heard from the story. Anyway, the writer of this is, please don't let me butcher this name, Tape Nakatsuki, creator of one of the most, I would say, influential isekais to exist, which makes a lot of sense. You wouldn't want someone who has never written a romance anime to write a romance anime, right? So obviously, you would get this guy, who is the writer of the manga series ReZero. That's right, ReZero, the one that has the two girls, three I think, and everyone won't shut up about. Now, this definitely put the smile on my face. So far, this company and the writers and the directors, so far, everything falls into place to make this seem like a beautiful piece of art. And it doesn't stop there. Because next, we have the final piece of the puzzle that really, I think, kind of wraps this in a nice little bow. The composer. The person that's going to be creating the music and the OSTs that you're probably going to be playing on your Spotify watch list constantly. Once again, don't let me butcher this. Kenichiro Suhiro. This is who's going to be making the wonderful music and OSTs that you and I are probably going to love. Now, in case you don't know him and want to know, okay, well, what's something he's done? The music from ReZero, Goblin Slayer, Cells at Work, and Fire Force. And if that last one definitely doesn't hit it for you, I don't know what will. Because for me, Fire Force really did it for me. The OST in Fire Force is something beautiful. When I listened to the OST, like the first OST, I was so addicted to it. In fact, actually, if you haven't listened to it, I'll put it right here.
that was just a small snippet of what is probably one of the greatest OSTs to ever exist, in my opinion. And having him as a composer is definitely going to mean that this is going to be a great looking show and a great sounding show and a great written show. There's so many great elements about this. But the cons come here. The story that I found so far, or at least that I could research about and see so far, is that this is going to be an isekai where the characters from Suicide Squad are killed and then obviously taken to another world. But the world specifically is a medieval world. So no magical powers, or at least not that I had saw. So think Thorfinn. No magical powers, but just... A medieval world with just the right amount of sick coolness to it. And I think that's pretty cool. But the small issue in this is that it's only going to be the characters from the first Suicide Squad. I looked it up and they said that they're taking inspiration from that movie, but not the second one. Meaning that unfortunately for all you second lovers, you're not going to see Polka Dot Man, King Shark, and our wonderful Hitman Peacemaker in an anime. Or at least no time soon. Sorry, I wish that we could, but I guess Wit Studio isn't ready for that. The other part that also just rubs me the wrong way a little is that, well, none of these people have experience with DC. Obviously, they have experience with anime and mangas, but not DC. And that can be an issue. If you don't have experience in a certain field, it's not going to make the product as good as it could be. As far as what I saw from the cast list of the writers, the composer and such and all that, I looked into them and none of them really did any projects for anything DC related. Not even the Batman Ninja thing. And that just scares me a little. Because while I love anime with all my heart, I'm also a Marvel slash DC lover. I love superheroes. And so to see these two worlds clash is amazing. But to see these two worlds clash with people who don't know the other side is what scares me. So far, there is no release date, as I said in the beginning. Honestly, so far, I'd give this an 8 out of 10. I definitely think this is going to be a fun series. And if you guys want, maybe I can watch it and give you my thoughts. Let me know. I would love to hear your guys' opinion. So... Let me ask you a question. Do you want to hear this 24-7? Wubba-lubba-dub-dub! If you do, then I have the show for you. If you don't, I still think you should watch it, just for the sake of watching it. If you don't know that sound, then let me introduce you to Rick and Morty, specifically the Rick and Morty anime that is supposed to come out late 2023, alongside the Suicide Squad Isekai. It's supposed to come out late 2023, but I did say there was no date confirmed yet. It's kind of why I wanted to lump these two together, because since there's no release date, but there is supposed to be at least some notion of it coming out late 2023. Now, this isn't the first time Adult Swim has dipped their toes into the realm of anime, of course. And what I mean by that is, obviously Adult Swim has anime, but what I mean specifically is tip their dip Rick and Morty's toes into the realm of anime because back in March of 2021, Rick and Morty actually got a, I believe, five minute short anime, really not dealing with anything. It was more so to just show you that Rick and Morty is rambunctious and can do whatever they want. And honestly, it got a lot of good reception. Personally, I liked it a lot. However, it now seems like Adult Swim has 
trying to use that success to their benefit. Now, of course, that makes sense. If you have something that's doing well, you would want to keep milking it so you can get more profit out of it. However, the problem with that is if you milk something that doesn't need to be milked anymore, the milk will start to become sour and it won't taste the same as it used to. Some great examples of that, even though they aren't anime, are Toy Story, Cars, Minions. Those are just a few examples of what milking a franchise a little too much can do to it. All three of those started off as great franchises, but as they kept getting milked, they started to lose what made them so special. Now, getting back to this, I do have a few pieces of information I want to share with you. Starting off, it's going to be a 10 episode, probably 23 minutes long series. I say 23 minutes because that's usually the length of most animes. Should take you, no one, maybe what, three hours to finish? On top of which, obviously, as you know, Adult Swim is going to be the one producing that. Finally, the last piece of information that I do have is the director of this project, Takashi Sano. You may know him from works like Tower of God and Baki. Two very great shows. Baki coming out with its second season definitely shows just how great the show is. The reason why I wanted to talk about this was for two reasons. But first, let me tell you the reason why I believe that this is going to be a terrible anime. In case you have no idea, Justin Rowland, the voice actor of Rick Sanchez, has done a lot of bad things in his domestic life. And so because of that, they kicked him off the show as the voice actor. I have a lingering suspicion that this anime was only created so that way the slander heat can be taken off of him for a while before they either reimburse him and put him back on the show, or they find a different voice for Rick. And I just don't like that idea. But there's another reason that I wanted to talk about this show. It wasn't just coincidence that I picked the Isekai Suicide Squad and this anime adaptation of Rick and Morty. For one, both of them are already existing properties getting turned into anime. Good comparison so far. But the real big comparison I wanted to take away from this was the fact that with the Suicide Squad one, it feels like a passion project. I told you the director name, the writer's name, the composer's name, studio's name. I told you all these pieces of information. That's not passion. That is, for lack of better words, just a company. It's a company making an anime as opposed to a group of people making anime. And that is what I really wanted this sort of episode to be about. The difference between a passion project and a cash grab, because that's all Rick and Morty kind of is nowadays. It's an easy cash grab. It's no different than Deadpool, Mickey Mouse, Mario, SpongeBob. You throw their face on something, boom, sells millions. I had low expectations for both of these. And the biggest problem about this whole thing is, I know that both of them are going to sell really well. Not only makes me half happy, because I want the Isakai to do well, but this Rick and Morty one, I kind of don't want it to. Let's all wind down. Let's talk about a small little piece of anime. What is one anime that changed your life entirely? For me, Black Clover, but not for the reason you think. I never really watched Black Clover intensively, but it was the first anime I was introduced to by accident. 
I was on Adult Swim, and all of a sudden, I see this boy swinging a giant black sword, screaming at the top of his lungs. And I was like, what cartoon is this? I kept watching it, and it said Black Clover. Back in the olden days, there was no streaming service for me to just use. So there's no way I could have just looked up Black Clover and started watching it from there. Kind of had to just wait until it came back on the guide again. The point is, it was the first anime really ever shown to me, so it kind of just led me down an interesting path. I feel like I kind of owe Black Clover. Like, I really owe them, because without them kind of being shoved in my face that one day, I don't think I'd be here right now talking to you guys. Until I can figure out an outro, this is Sky on Cloud Anime. On behalf of everyone here at OnCloud Anime, we do hope you enjoyed your time here, and we hope you will come back again some other time. Because remember, once an anime fan, always an anime fan. See you next time. Tuning in to this episode proudly presented by the APNM Group, a subsidiary of Alger Productions LLC. We strive to produce content that informs, entertains, and adds value to your day. We value your input and would be delighted to hear your thoughts in the comments about this episode. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please engage with us in the comments section or via our social media platforms. Your feedback helps us shape our content and uncover new topics that matter to our listeners. If this episode resonated with you, we kindly ask that you rate and review this show on your preferred podcast platform. Sharing this podcast with friends and family helps us reach more listeners and continue delivering content you enjoy. For more information about the podcast, the host, or our parent company, please visit the link in this episode's description. Also visit us on YouTube and Rumble to see and hear every content produced by Alger Productions. Thank you once again for your time and support. Until next time, stay tuned and stay inspired.